Third, third, third try. Take three, take four. Got as many takes as you need. back we hope you enjoyed our special double feature interviews last week so much hustle goodness in both of those episodes a huge thank you to allison tolman make sure you check out emergence premiering tonight on abc and of course angela and cindy from hollywood resumes bring some much needed knowledge about resumes job interviews and more make sure to check them out at www.hollywood-resumes.com that's hollywood Resume.com. As always, I am not alone. Here with me is my very own cover letter, Michael Lutheran. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Michael. Hello, and you are my resume, I assume. <laughs> you're, you're much better to like put forward to people than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you're the introduction. I'm the introduction. I'm the, I'm the, 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 the foundation of your Fantastic. I, I like this. And then Let's also, see. Daniel, joining us for the fourth time on Hollywood Hustle. A record fourth time. And since his last appearance, has written two books, 12 screenplays, and three volumes of poetry. Mike Tobias, oh, welcome back. Mike Tobias, you also won an Emmy, right? Yeah, what a lie. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope if I, if I do one more visit, will I get a, a five-year, a five-visit jacket? You know, yeah. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> five-timers club. Five club, or maybe we'll start off with a belt. Right. <laughs> we, you know, we just encourage giant, people to keep coming back belt to create like, an outfit. I feel like after the story he just told us, you should have put, like, and for their... Of Hammock City. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at his apartment complex. Yeah. Um, Mike, thanks so much for being yeah, here. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Uh, it's kind of a special day for us. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's a huge day. If the audio sounds a little different, it's because we're not recording at our usual spot. No. We are over at the Timely Arts Center in Santa Monica Boulevard yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood, Ooh, baby. Because, yeah. because yeah. we're about to do a table read. Table read. For a script that you guys wrote? Yes, we did do That's that. That's what we tell everybody. Uh, yeah, amongst all those lies of books and screenplays, we did Same write this. Wait, I wrote Oh my god, what am I doing here? <laughs> and this is when the drama happens. <laughs> break up on Mike. Tension. Uh, but real quick, guys, uh, you know, Mikey, let's start with you. It's been yeah. a while. Um, just real quick, what, any cool, any things going on in your life? Any changes, any updates? Oh man, well, yeah, I have been doing a lot of writing. That mm-hmm. is true. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but it's a lot of developing projects. Uh, which, as we all know, sometimes you can feel like, I mean, this this alone took about a year, mm-hmm. right? Almost, yeah. Yeah, and uh, this is what would still be considered a short film. Mm-hmm. So I've been wa- working on um, some film projects and a play, and both, I think, now are at the three-year mark. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just revising, and, and, and I'm getting close. I almost have it. Uh, but I just, you know, I had to take a moment the other day and just go like, oh, my gosh. And also, uh, I do a podcast called uh, Story Matters. It's Go Story Matters. Show. You guys oh, just released you. an episode like where you all are like doing revisionist history. Yeah, so right. We're taking a little bit different approach. So um, because we are all kind of writers, and we love taking a look at film, we're starting to look at different structures of film. And recently, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, and it was revisionist storytelling. And so we not only wanted to jump into what that is but also try our hand at it. So this mm-hmm. past episode was us pitching each other ideas for maybe ideas in revisionist history storytelling. Yeah, how you would skew history. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I was waiting, I haven't listened to any of the series, um, because I really like what you guys are doing now, because 
Originally, this was Kurt Megan, who yeah. was our, our first episode guest. He was. His podcast was more of an interview podcast right. with artists. Right. Um, and then, and he also like did some narrative stories, and he did some really interesting things. Um, but uh, you know, it's definitely evolved over time. For sure. And I really like where you guys are are, are at yeah. now. I think it's yeah. really interesting. The conversation is incredibly entertaining. Oh, thank um, you. And and it's and it's like a podcast for writers. That's yeah. the big, big thing. And it's, mm-hmm. but it's so interesting to hear your guys' take also of what's happening in the industry mm-hmm. and everything. And this episode just sounds amazing. Cause I always, I'm curious of like the Tarantinos or the other Hollywood writers exactly. in the world. It's like, what responsibility do you bear when you approach history? Yeah. Well, you guys talked about kind of going back to some of your old episodes. You talked a little bit about this when you guys talked about like Bohemian the, Rhapsody. The biopic. And the yeah. biopic. Because you guys yeah. are basically taking a theme and doing like three to four episodes. Right, for sure, yeah. Um, a, with a, a topic, a subtopic yeah. within that theme. Absolutely. Um, and so it's really, really awesome. Um, now, also, if you guys are curious for more of Mike Tobias's journey, oh, yeah. you can always check out episodes 42 and 43 here yes. on Hollywood Hustle podcast. Uh, but you're now hearing the updates of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that since that interview. You can see how yes. more, much more lowly I was back then. <laughs> uh, Michael, what's been going on with you, buddy? Oh, my God. So last week I filmed two uh Two spots uh, for two different projects. Um, one was for Theater Unleashed. Uh, they have a play that's been written by writer Strong, for, yeah, actor Sean, from, from Boy Meets World. That's yeah, awesome. exactly. Now he's wanting to establish himself as a writer, and so he's come up with this play uh, called Never Ever Land, and it's being produced by Theater Unleashed. Um, cool. About to open in the next couple of weeks. It's all about Michael Jackson and the controversy of the court yeah, cases right, and all that right. stuff. So I got to play a TMZ reporter in this uh, scene that they filmed so for the show. Wait, was it like you guys hanging out? Yeah, you're no, right. it's it's basically us hanging out in the office. We had some like extras <laughs> behind us. Right. Yeah, no, you what do you got? And yeah, like, I got this story about this man. They don't know anything. It's pretty much exactly that. And uh, That's great. it was it, writer was a great guy, um, mm-hmm. super relaxed and just like let us play a bit. And it only took us maybe That's an awesome. hour to film the spot, and then I got to go nice. home for the day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. And then last Friday, I shot my episode with Veterans TV, Vet mm-hmm. TV. Yeah. Um, that was such a great experience. Like talk you about good in uniform. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, sh- I shaved my it beard. It was so weird. Like, just see, you know who you look like? My uh, father? You look, no. <laughs> you look like the guy, the guy that's in Shameless that played the Joker on Gotham. Oh, also. oh, uh, Cameron. Um, Manhattan, Manhattan, Manhattan. Uh, Man, this, like yeah, you kind of looked a little bit like him, a little bit like they had a little mix. Of yeah, I'll, I'll know. Like seeing that photo, like just reminds me of pictures of my brother and my dad who, who served in the military. But like, talk about like working in, like walking into a machine. Like everyone who had been working on that episode, like they had been filming episodes all week. Wow. Some of the actors had been involved in earlier shoots and stuff, right. and like everyone was super welcoming. Like, nice. and everyone on that crew was pretty much veterans oh, that's, that's awesome um, like yeah. our first ad she was a marine um you know it's just like getting to hear everyone's stories was really cool um the director was very like you guys obviously stick to the script but if you want to change some things right. to, to how you would more naturally say it do that and had that's a really awesome. great time yeah, yeah. Got, to play around a little bit. got to play around uh, got to shoot in a studio in riverside nice. and then got to drive from Riverside oh all the way back. <laughs> I remember you texted me while you're on your back. It's like, I'm still driving. It's I'm bleak, still driving. It's a bleak drive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like. Uh, our, uh, a friend of ours, uh, uh, Kate Cassidy, she drives from Riverside every day. She works with me at Warner Brothers. Yes. Oh, wow. She drives that drive every time she Oh, my gosh. It's, you know, I, w- I was happy to do it because I got to work on set and yeah. I got paid that day to be an actor. So 
that was awesome. And Daniel, yes, what have you been up to? Uh, I've been working a lot. Um, yeah, you have. Yeah, oh, uh, I've had a few hard. interviews here and there for some other jobs. Nothing's panned out, but it's good that it feels like my resume is being seen and uh, people are taking notice at least. Nice. Um, I'm going to be temping, uh, not next week, but the week after for Stars, the oh, premium cool. uh, channel for about a week. Uh, right on. Originals department. Um, as an admin there, so that's, I'm excited to meet people there and kind of connect with them. And I think it's a job that I applied for <laughs> at some point. Like, this looks familiar, and I've applied for a few jobs at Stars, so I think it's a job I applied for. But I don't have to drive to Burbank for a week, so that'll be nice. Fair. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much getting ready for uh, Mr. Lutheran's wedding here. And yeah. Oh yeah, so, that's so that's that is coming up. We're gonna have dinner tomorrow and talk yeah. a little, talk a little, talk some ceremony talk. Ceremony talk. Ceremony talk. Oh. Ceremony talk. Two podcasts. <laughs> Hot, <laughs> take. Hot, take. Hot, Hot take. take. Hot take. Uh, weddings are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you hired the right guy. Yes. Oh my uh, god. But uh, no, so, Mike, do you yeah. know if you do you have any contact information for Brian Cranston? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe he can officiate my yeah, wedding so for sure. Yeah. You know his parking spots on our lot. I mean, if you could book him, hopefully would know. I'll give you another wedding invitation. Yeah, efficient wanted, uh, preferably Brian Cranston. Preferably, <laughs> yes. Must be, or at least look like Brian. Cranston. Yes. <laughs> Can bring Aaron Paul as date. Yes, but please mind your bees. Mind yes. your bees. Mind, mind your bees. Nice. But yeah, that's pretty much uh, the kids doing well in school. He's loving it. He's had a color week where every week, two weeks, he's had to wear a shirt of a different color. Uh, so we had to go to the store and pick up a few different colored shirts that we... It's just a conspiracy have. with Kmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're setting us up to target an old Navy. Uh, uh, Right on. Now, shifting over to the main event of what's happening today, um, we're doing a table read for a script that both of you guys have been working on for, as we said, about a year or so now. And this is the first table read. So what that is for listeners who don't know, a table read is, you know, actors gather around. We have the writers present. If we were going into production soon, the directors and producers would be here as well. But for the purpose of this, it's your guys' first time to hear these words said out loud by actors playing these characters. Yeah, by other people. By other people. I'm tired of reading. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do love that, like, uh, in this one book, um, it's Sydney, is it his last name Lumet or Lumet? I never know. Lumet. Lumet. Yeah, so Sydney Lumet has his book on making movies. And he always talks about the table read. And he's like, so uh, the writer is always by the snack table trying to mind their own business because up to this point, they're the only person to blame. Waiting for everybody else to have responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, whose initial idea was this story? Uh, this was mine, Mr. Game of Okay, Daniel so Mike. No. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike, you're the real genius. Yeah. <clears throat> so where where did the where did the idea stem from? Um, I'm trying to remember. I was watching. I'm pretty sure I was watching something that dealt with abuse. And, and I started wondering, like, what would it be like for someone who had been abused by their parent to have to come back and take care of their parent? Right, because at its heart, it, this is a father-son yeah, it's a father story. story. So, but his dad is now ill, uh, fatally, uh, fatally ill. And uh, what would it be like to have to come back and be in that house that you've escaped from and probably started your own life away mm-hmm. from that and be there taking care of this person? And then on top of that, I added, what if that person didn't remember, uh, the dad didn't remember being an abuser and was pretty much now the dad you always wanted. So adding that other layer of that, like, oh gosh, like, that uh, yeah. you don't remember. So like, how can I be mad at you 
or something you don't remember. And you're finally giving the love yeah, that but, I always but wanted. It's too, it's, but now I'm 35, and, you know, yeah. what's the point? So it kind of stemmed from that, and then I started thinking of, like, themes that we could explore um, through that, and a lot of it came down to, like, memory and how we all perceive our own memories. Mm-hmm. Like, if me, you, and Mikey um, had an argument, and, I, you know, a month later, we all were trying to remember exactly that argument, everybody's emotion, their tones, mm-hmm. how different would each person's perception of that argument like how loud Mikey would think I was compared to how Michael would think how loud I was sure. in the argument. So as people, we affect other people because there's a character also, uh, the girlfriend of the, the lead male, who was his girlfriend in high school, uh, she is still in the same town and she's an alcoholic because he pretty much turned her into an alcoholic when they were dating. Oh. And so... So a very light comedy. Yeah, very light comedy. <laughs> Different um, from what we usually lot of, do. A <laughs> lot, lot of pratfalls. Yeah. Yes. Um, but just really dealing again with how we, 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 who we touch and how we affect people that we touch uh, emotionally. And how and that spins out. How that spins out and then also how we perceive our memories. Wow. And so Mikey, when, uh, did was it always going to be the two of yours projects or... Um, you know, when Daniel told you about this story, what what was your approach to it? Well, yeah, I mean, Daniel pretty much straight up approached to see if I wanted to at least like come in and just bounce off the ideas from mm-hmm. him. And then I was like, yeah, I would love to actually proceed with helping you write this if that's possible. If, if, I, if I can, yeah, one yeah. thing. Uh, Speaking of as, as you guys <laughs> may know, because I've talked about it before yeah, in yeah. previous uh, episodes, Mikey's been on. Mikey is very well read. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's um, right. That's he, what he he's said. very in tune with a lot of philosophy and... Yeah, um, not just about writing, but, <laughs> just, yeah, but yeah. just general history general history and philosophy. And, and, and uh, he's obviously a poet. Well, he reads you. a lot of poetry about human nature yeah. and things like that. So I felt like if there was anybody I felt like really could bring more to this idea, this deeper understanding of the human emotion, the human level, um, he would oh, have some really you. great views that could come in for the script. And that's one of the reasons I went to him. So I thought he would have a really good overall idea and ask the right questions mm-hmm. for, um, for the script. Sorry, I just wanted to No, that's no, of course. I'll, I'll take the compliment. Interrupt every single time if you want to compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then so we, we pretty much continue to flesh out the idea. And it, it's funny because, you know, um, that original premise is still there. And sometimes I can't always say that that's true. Like sometimes you have a good starting point and you have a really good idea, but maybe the premise doesn't have the legs to get you to the end and sure. to find something else. But, you know, really what we discovered is from the outline to kind of the first drafts to uh, subsequent drafts is like the premise stayed strong and we just became better and, and refined the way we were telling the story. Mm. So it was really nice to have like an idea where there's so much already baked into it that you don't have to worry about like, okay, so, but what is the character's motivation? <laughs> Which I mean, sometimes does happen where you yeah. go, you go through a whole script and you're like, you kind of know what adventure you want to get into, mm-hmm. but you're still trying to figure out like what that motive, like what's the protagonist trying to get or something right. like that, which uh, I can speak personally from my play. That's what I keep coming back to and refining um, in terms of making it a fairy tale. But with this, that was already there. And it's, and it's, uh, it's also kind of like in a, in a way about, somebody who wants to escape a situation they don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. So when you have that and you force somebody, you know, one of the terms is like the fish out of water um, thing where you're forcing somebody into a world that they don't want to be and seeing them grow out of that conflict. Um, I always love those kind of stories because 
essentially all stories are about transformation. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's all about how trauma has transformed you, even if you don't realize it, and has transformed people around you, right. even if you haven't realized that. All yeah. because of the, the, the block of memory and your own narrative that you tell yourself. Right. And, and both Mikey and I have, been, have had uh, the experience of like losing... Apparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I thought emotionally also. That yeah, he he understands exactly. those emotions yeah, yeah. that you'd be dealing with at that time. Yeah, um, and both of ours passed away from I think something that happened from their health. Their yeah, exactly. Well being. So yeah. um, that also worked. Also, again, just like Michael, Mikey and I have a really great connection. We've known each other for a long time, and he knows how I work, just like Michael does. Yeah, and. Vice versa, you know how he works. Yeah, so, exactly. so once you know Mikey was signed on, and yeah. you guys were totally in line and sync with what this story would look like, mm-hmm. what was the process of actually writing this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been a year. It's been a year. Yeah. And 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 we say that it's a short film. This isn't a twelve-page script. About how many pages are you guys at right now? We're we at can... we're at sixty-one. Which, 61 page, yeah, right? which yeah, which is uh, you know, depending on how you how you look at it. I mean, normally you have a page a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but this script tends to be, or we, we do tend to be both very verbal writers. Um, so the, the page length might be from dialogue instead sure. of mostly action because it is, I mean, it is essentially like a, a, a play in, a, in one essence because this is all about human interaction. So there's, there's not a whole lot of like, you know, a, uh, 18 wheeler turning over. <laughs> or something. So there's yeah. not a lot of description because the settings stay pretty much the same and it's more about the interpersonal dramas. So really, we might be still looking at like fifty minutes or less mm-hmm. in terms of actual uh, playtime, mm-hmm. which you know uh, does still keep us in the short film right. category. We're sure, not, we're not pushing into that feature. Of yet. course. Now, did one of you guys take control of like I'm going to do the beginning? Will you do the middle? And that's actually exactly yeah, yeah. how we did okay. it. Um, as Michael knows, I'm not a fan. I I, I I get distracted really easily, so I can't write with other people in the room just because yeah. I will not focus. And it's not anything that they're doing, it's just me. Mm-hmm. And so I can pitch ideas and we can talk about stuff. And so Michael and I, or Mikey and I would meet, we would pitch ideas, talk about each scene, and then split up. And so I think Mikey took the first act, I believe, and I took yes. the third yeah, act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we did the second bridging act together. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so... And, and, uh, and yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting, yeah. but did you guys, like, outline together? Yeah, of, like, sure. a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Together. So I can't, it's hard for me to write in the same room with people. Um, because I get distracted really easily. But um, when it comes to like bouncing off ideas and really figuring out, okay, this is what we want Act 1 to be, and then into Act 2 will be this, 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 and then this will be the setup for Act 3. Um, but originally, we had a vehicle. And by vehicle, I mean something that helps propel the story over the, the, whole, the whole arc of the story, mm-hmm. um, something you constantly come back to. We had a different vehicle for this story that we completely wiped, got rid of about halfway through. I remember you telling me yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, we had a whole, and so we come up, we came up with a whole different idea that would propel the story forward that we felt fit the themes better and what we were doing. Um, so that kind of added more of a rewrite, adding scenes and adding different things into it. Um, but yeah, we we would sit down. I think we figured out Act One and Act Three. Yeah. And knew an idea of Act Act Two. And so we wrote to those, like the, both those in beginning points. Sure. And then we're like, okay, now we're, how do we bridge these together? And what do we need to bridge them? Um, and then after we did that, I basically did a full rewrite of the script mm-hmm. so that it sounded more flowing and not 
Oh, well, no, else wrote not one, disparate else voices yeah, yeah, that yeah. like yeah, somebody else wrote act two and somebody else have read act three so uh it's definitely a process again a year yeah <laughs> and I, I can't imagine two people sitting in a room at a computer being like all right and then they say what <laughs> do they do they yeah so mike you had just said it's been a year yeah what are you looking forward to today uh well first of all getting to hear it is um always instructive because uh and, and when you have an actor actually trying to play those beats and try to um, navigate the logic of your script, um, it becomes very apparent quickly if there are any flaws, um, especially like if you feel something is a little bit too forced or you, you can feel when a moment doesn't belong there. Sure. And then um, just getting to hear everybody's feedback would also be great. Daniel? Yeah, same. Um, just hearing it come out of actors who uh, put their, their spin on it and what they feel the character is or... Um, and because they may say something a different way than you thought uh, thought about, and it comes out has a different meaning to it, which is always interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for me, like I, I think hearing people read it out loud to hear if it's written well. Do mm-hmm. we have any parts or lines where we put and eight times in like two sentences, or uh, said the same word over and over again, or wrote wrote something in a way that's trip like can, people can trip over? easily sure because of the wording um is really interesting for me and also as you're reading it we're reading it too so we're more focused on oh why did we write that word that way or why is that <laughs> yeah. or, oh that shouldn't why is that formatted wrong and it, it kind of um, gets us to like the world of theater because mm-hmm. we're all used to you know when you're writing a new play um you can develop it even in performance mm-hmm. where you can watch it with an audience and go like oh they didn't really laugh at that or they didn't really or they're, they're starting to look a little bit droopy-eyed in this part, so maybe I need to speed that up. I, I think there's also something to the actor just, I don't know, it, it, it fleshes out the character a little bit more. Uh, you can find more natural ways for how these characters actually speak. Yeah. Um, now, you, the, the cast that's going to be reading your script today isn't necessarily the cast that you'll be going forward with as the film and everything continues. And this is also not the finished draft of the script (laughs) because we might find things. uh, (laughs) We might have another year year to go. We have to write more. Um, But this is a huge accomplishment. I mean, how many people move to this town to write a script and might not even get to this point happens, I think, all too often. Um, Any advice that you guys would share with other writers who have been working on scripts or plays or anything for a long time and are almost at ready to get it to this level? Oh, uh, well, to get to this level, um, I mean, one of the things I think was really helpful was consistency. Um, When we were in the the bulk of the actual writing, um, we were meeting even if it was just a phone call, yeah, like once a week or, you know, at we some point it was like... we try at least twice a month. Yeah, exactly. It's like sometimes our lives would get busier yeah. and then the once a week wouldn't be as feasible. But it, would, it would be like three to four hours yeah. that we'd meet. And mm-hmm. then, of course, if like Daniel had an idea, he could text me and be like, hey, do you have any time to talk today? I got something I want to run by yeah. here while I'm working on it. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just uh, piecing it together bit by bit, you eventually do get to something. And I think... Um, a lot of people want it to be perfect before it's a finished draft, but it's so important just to finish a draft because I think a, there was still a bunch of discoveries after we had written that had done our rewrites on the first initial draft where mm-hmm. we still kind of were talking about it and still were going. And I think so many people get stuck before they get to that point. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you get to the first draft and it's not perfect, you can still feasibly do the table read. And maybe use that to propel you to go even further. Mm-hmm. Um, but that first draft is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I 
I mean, for me, it, it obviously depends also if it's a collaboration or you're writing something solo. Um, but I think just finish it is always like the number one rule. Just if you have something and you're writing it, don't torture yourself over, is this good yet? Because I think for it to be good, it needs to be finished. <laughs> yeah. So for good or bad, it's got to be you get something. get that tattooed it's, on my... <laughs> yeah. Something can't be good or bad if it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. So finish it and then go back through, take a few days off, go back through it, have somebody else read it if you want. But like, just finish it. Like, I, I'm so bad about like, is this good? And I'm only on like page six. And it's like, I, I that's, no one knows yet what it is yet and and as you're writing it you're gonna find so many things that you didn't know before you started writing it uh you mm -hmm. know, you're gonna you're gonna realize the ending you thought was a, was great is not as good as you thought and you just thought of a better one and your your characters are going to take you different places you didn't expect them to take you as you write and you're going to find out more about your characters as you write them so don't it's like we always said it's about the journey yeah. We say that all the time on this podcast. It's about the journey. It's not always about the ending. And so be there where you are writing. And then when you finally finish it, then be excited to move to the, okay, where's it at? Yeah. yeah, and, and I would just say, just to add on to this, even though I know I'm not one of the writers yeah. on this, is to also be able to be open to the criticisms yeah. or um, to what people have to say. Right. For sure. um, you know, for sure, stand your ground on the things that are important, that things that tell the story, but be open to what yeah. people have to say. Yeah, because people are gonna have people will have opinions, and, <laughs> and also don't take every opinion as word. Like yeah. everybody has For their sure. own idea of what a story is or what makes a good story. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves their own thing, so not everybody is going to be right. Yes. Um, well, so yeah. I am so excited for this table read for you guys. Thank you. Um, big for being a part of it. Yeah, big, yeah, big, you. huge congrats to you guys, and oh, also you. to kind of in the vein of like celebrating things, um, we received a listener uh, oh. voice message. Let's let's see who it is. Hey, Michael and Daniel, it's Hillary Levi. Just wanted to say congrats on the double feature premiere uh, back from your summer hiatus. You guys are rocking it. I can't wait to listen to more episodes. Bye. Uh, Yay. Awesome. That's awesome. Uh, if, if you have, we've pitched our episode quite a bit. It's one of our highest downloaded episodes uh episode 79 right yeah i want to say yeah. it, it's our uh premiere episode of season three yeah uh, so cool. it's her journey from uh intern to creative executive um thank you hillary we're <laughs> excited to be back thank and, you so much for calling us. yeah and uh she sent that via the anchor fm podcast app that's Ooh. who we host through where <laughs> listeners can send voice messages directly to the podcast host so uh, big, big thank you uh, to Hillary. Um, and speaking of other guests. Yeah, like I've been mentioning, we've been interviewing people. <laughs> yes. We haven't just been sitting around doing nothing. And uh, we, we, I was able to connect with a wonderful writer, um, an actress on Twitter named Sarah J. Egan. Uh, she had a, she had a, got her dream role, or uh, a role on a dream show of Big Bang Theory and got to hang out on set. And the story of how she got that is fantastic. But Everything else, she writes articles for Ms. In the Biz, which is a fantastic online uh, uh, newsletter for uh, women in the industry to inspire, but also gives great advice just about the industry. Um, but we did interview her. We sat down. It's myself, uh, Linux, and, and Sarah talking about the business and her journey. And Michael, you got a preview of that, right? Yeah. Let's roll it. Hey guys, it's Michael, and I'm so excited to bring you a sneak preview to next week's conversation with writer and actor 
Sarah J. Egan. You may recognize her from the Inspiration Deprivation episode on TV's longest-running multicam show, The Big Bang Theory. More on that show in a little bit, but first I'd like to share with you some incredible advice that Sarah shares with Team Hustle. Live life. Okay, maybe that's too simple. Let's jump in on Daniel and co-host Lennox Knight's conversation with Sarah. As a person, how have you changed? How have you evolved? I mean, you mentioned kind of finding your voice. I wasn't sure if that was that was that going to like personal life also, or are there other ways you feel as a person you've grown since that LA's kind of grown you a little bit, raised you? I don't know. I mean, the the perseverance part mm-hmm. is definitely um, something that I feel like I wouldn't have necessarily developed if mm. I if I hadn't been here. Um, and partly because, you know, I'm a straight A student, I figure out what you need to do when I do it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily lead to results. Um, and so I feel like Los Angeles has taught me, I mean, I'm very, I'm naturally very results oriented Mm -hmm. and driven and Los Angeles has taught me that I have to also be living my life. (laughs) Um, I have to, you know, the first couple of years I was here, I remember just feeling terrified to leave the city for fear that I would miss some opportunity. And, uh, I've started to trust that there will be more opportunities. I mean, yes, I still have to come back early from vacations and stuff like that. Um, that happens, but I, I make sure that I'm not stalled out in my real life. Uh, waiting for things to happen in my career. I think uh, I think there was an interview you did with a showrunner from um, Life Sentence, mm-hmm. I believe was the show. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember. Aaron Cardia. Yeah, thank you. Uh, who's also an actress mm-hmm. uh, turned writer and yes. showrunner. And I think that was one of the advice she gave was mm-hmm. go out there and live your life mm-hmm. because then you're going to have material things to write about. To write about. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, she, she subscribes to the write what you know mm-hmm. theory. And so it's that, you know, go out and live your life. And I think the same thing can be said with like actors. Mm-hmm. You go out there, you meet different people, because if you listen to a ton of actors, when they ask about, OK, how did you get this character that you played? And half of them are like, well, you know, I was thinking of like a friend I was a roommate with mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he always talked like that. Mm-hmm. And this guy was always like this. And or I had a teacher who was like that. And I just took those things from these characters in my own life that mm-hmm. I found. And I so and I always find those things incredibly fascinating when I hear actors talk about like the people that built their character yeah. that they just knew. Mm-hmm. As and soon so, as I yeah. let go of that fear too, because I used to be I'm like, I can't travel. I can't do things. I just have to be here. Can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I let go of that and started like living and going and doing things and whatnot. You do, you meet all these people and there's like all these life experiences now I use in like so many of the pieces that I do. And I'm like, huh, right. life. Yeah. And I also think, <laughs> I also think there's some sort of, energy from the universe that mm-hmm. happens when when you're sort of um you're like choking your career being mm-hmm. like I can't do anything I can't go anywhere like I have to be here um and when you give space and and breath and and trust <laughs> that just because you leave to go visit your family mm-hmm. um your career is going to be over mm-hmm. you know when you trust that that's not the case mm-hmm. uh the universe is like okay you're ready for some opportunities, yeah. you know, you're in a better place and you're more in a positive mm-hmm. headspace and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So you, and I think people can feel that too. Cause as soon as you, you let that fear go and you stop caring is when all of a sudden you book more jobs. Absolutely. And cause then people can sense it too, that you're in a good place and they're like, 
we want, we trust this person to send them off to our directors and to the set and everything. Mm -hmm. And for them to not be like this, like crazy person that they sent to set. Yes. Mm -hmm. When you give your career space and breath and trust, the universe is ready to give you opportunity, a perfect mindset to have when you're working in an industry that makes you feel like you have to be here all the time. Now, Big Bang Theory. I know we teased this already, so let's get to it. One super cool thing you don't know about Sarah is that she actually has a PhD in neuroscience, so this show was a perfect fit for her. But what's even more important was how she approached the opportunity to be on set. So I was looking at your resume and I was kind of looking at you. Obviously, you did the Big Bang Theory, which was a huge, I know, thing for you because I know how much you enjoyed that show, especially yeah. coming again from that neuroscience background. <laughs> yeah, that's really um, cool. <laughs> that was in this final season, yes. right? And mm-hmm. uh, what was that experience like being on that show, a show that you really enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, just surreal. I mean, uh, it was season 12. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a show that my parents both watch. Uh it's a show <laughs> we I, I was just visiting my my parents a couple months before I booked that show, maybe, and a rerun was on the TV and my dad just could not stop laughing. <laughs> and he's seen it before, you right. know, like and so um it was just really fun and and uh Mayam being uh having a PhD in neuroscience, um it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. I I asked the second AD if I could um, just hang out on set when I wasn't shooting. And so that was really fun. So seeing these incredible actors shooting scenes that I wasn't in and seeing the process. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's a multicam. So I was on the stage where, you know, the um, lunchroom at the college was next to um, Penny's apartment mm-hmm. was next to the elevator was yeah. next to Sheldon's apartment was next to, you know, an office and, um, and just like, just being in that space, they had renamed the, they renamed stage 25 for the big bang theory. Big, big theory just, stage. Yes. And just being a part of that legacy show, um, you know, the, the most episodes of any multicam, mm-hmm. um, it just, yeah, it was such a cool yeah. thing to be a part of. It beat Cheers by one episode. <laughs> beat Two and a Half Men by three episodes. I work at goal. WB. Yeah. Like, I have no yeah. yeah. one more. I you, get a, you get a plaque on your stage when you're for 10 more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I know all this stuff. Uh, awesome. So as we always, who was the jerk? Who was the sweet? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who was the sweetheart on set? No, I think that's such a great subtle lesson of uh, when you're on set, um, being respectful, obviously, because you are a guest on their home. Yes. This is their place. This is their, their, their where they live. But being, you know, not being afraid to ask somebody when you have them, like, do you mind if I just kind of stand here and watch mm-hmm. and just listen and mm-hmm. just take it all in? Like, that's such a small, subtle lesson of find those ways to learn. Yeah. Even if it just means observing mm-hmm. and watching everything happen. And just feeling, oh, who's that guy? What does that guy do? What does that girl do? What is that lady doing? Mm-hmm. Why is she here? And, you know, all that stuff. And <laughs> and just learning those different ropes. Because they're always going to be, I think, those different parts of the business you don't understand. Yeah. And then getting that firsthand view is always awesome. Yeah. It's and, so cool. And the director had directed most of the episodes oh. of the show. Um, he's, emanate, he's emanated. He's nominated for an Emmy this year for directing Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I think that should um, just be called Emanated. Emanated. <laughs> <laughs> I like yes. it. Done. Yes. You know what? We're making it official right here on the Hollywood <laughs> Podcast. It is now emanated. Yeah. 
Um, Oscar-nated. So yeah, just seeing him work with these actors, um, you know, some of whom he'd been working with since season three, some of which he'd been working with the entire time, Mm -hmm. and then working with, uh, you know, the day players who were there, and uh, Regina King was on set, and I got to see her work, which was Uh, incredible. Um, And oh my gosh, it was it was amazing. Yeah. So, yes. And I agree. Just just knowing that, you know, they had that whole audience um, set up because it's a multicam and they shoot uh, many of the scenes in front of live studio audiences. Mm -hmm. So um, knowing that it was probably fine for me to hang out in there and and asking, um, I had one of the other co-stars ask me afterwards like where I had been and I was like oh I was just on set you know watching and, and they were like oh I should have done that you know <laughs> but I just feel like sucker you worked so hard you know yeah. you they probably got 4,000 submissions for those roles and then called in 25 actors mm-hmm. to book them you know and um and it's so hard to get to the point where you're on set that when I am there I just want to soak everything up yeah there's no place you'd rather be you're like there's I just want to sit here yeah and take it all in I don't need to be in my trailer (laughs) I would much rather be on set watching everybody work exactly absolutely the opportunity to actually work in this town can sometimes feel few and far between so taking advantage of just soaking up as much time on set whether you're in the scene or not to just learn from the industry leaders and from professionals is such an important lesson I hope you guys enjoyed our side hustle preview to our conversation with Sarah J. Egan. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can hear more about her journey on Tuesday, September 30th. From being a writer for Miss in the Biz to being a screenwriter and so much more. You can also follow her on social media on Twitter and Instagram. She is at Sarah J. Egan and that is spelled E-A-G-E-N. All right, let's get back to Dan, Mike, not me, and myself. I got to be in the room when we were recording this interview. It is so awesome, and I'm so excited for you guys to check it out next Tuesday. So yeah, watch your podcast uh, yeah, feeds. Tuesday the 8th, mm-hmm. right? Right? Tuesday the 1st, the 1st. October 1st. <laughs> check it out October 1st. Uh, now, if this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much for checking us out. We have just returned from our summer vacation, but we have over 90 episodes for you to catch up with. That's a lot, including our most recent interviews with Allison Tolman from Fargo, Good Girls, and the new show Emergence that premieres tonight on ABC, and the resume con- consulting company Hollywood Resume. So you might also want to check out one of our older episodes, like episode 60, with our interview with social media guru Brian Peters, where he discusses his nomadic journey around North America and how to build your social media accounts. We cover a variety of topics from branding to execu- uh, executing strategy. It's a fun and incredibly informative episode you do not want to miss out. Also, make sure to leave us a review, share the show, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And also visit our home over at anchor.fm and support The Hustle by becoming a sponsor of the show. And make sure you check out our podcast uh, uh, social media places like uh, Twitter. We are at LA Hustlecast. On Instagram, we are Hollywood Hustle Podcast. Same thing on Facebook. Uh, for our personal Instagrams and Twitters, I'm Daniel Tuttle, all one word. Michael is Michael Lutheran, all one word. And Michael Tobias. On Instagram, I'm at MKTBS. And also, what's your website? So people can check out your poetry and everything. MKTBS.com. And he has uh, Mike Tobias Poetry. 
Yeah. On Instagram as well. Right? So yeah, if you right. if you love yeah. daily inspiration, if you love cool poetic quotes and everything on Instagram, <laughs> you'll get a poem every month. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, How do these people do it daily? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you can follow us, talk about your hustle to us, let us know what's going on. You can do that through the Anchor FM app. Uh, you can also email us, HollywoodHustlePodcast at gmail. Awesome. Well, guys, we got to get to this table yes. read. We have actors, actors are, are fast approaching if they could find a parking, parking. spot. <laughs> this oh, is Hollywood, and there are only one hour parking uh, meters. So we'll, we got to get going. All right, guys. Well, you keep having a great week, and always remember to keep up the hustle. You're not going to say it, Mike? Come on, Mike, say it. I didn't know it was going to be said. Um, keep up the hustle. There we go. We got it. He said it. So do it. This episode was brought to you by Team Hustle. Daniel Tuttle is our executive producer and host. Michael Lutheran is our co-host, and we were joined today by Mike Tobias. We also featured audio today featuring the voices of Sarah J. Egan and Lennox Knight. For more information, please check us out at www.hollywoodhustlepodcast.com. Thank you.